Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. and gentlemen to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football remain undefeated in Raymond James Stadium for the 2021 season. They advance their record on the year 2-7-3 and three and uh, get back to their winning ways with a pretty solid performance and a 30-10 win over the New York Giants. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, as always, Ritten Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And uh, you got to feel good about that win. By no means was it perfect, but it was head and shoulders above what they put on the field last week. And a good way for the Bucks to get back on track here to start the second half of the season. Yeah, uh, like you said, not perfect right but not everything's gonna be sunshine and rainbows but uh really a lot of encouraging signs still some things they gotta clean up obviously um could have easily scored more than 30 but we'll, we'll get into it uh but yeah it's you know, a win's a win and really yes it wasn't and maybe as dominating but it also didn't really feel like the giants ever had a chance Really, like when it was 10 10, sure, but when the Bucks retook the lead 17 to 10, it, it, it didn't really feel like the Giants had a shot after that. Uh, just it felt like the Bucks kind of closed the door, which was nice to see. Yeah, and I think the you know, looking at all the takeaways from this game, the biggest thing we'll probably gripe on were some of the mistakes in the first half, which is exactly why this game felt closer than it should have been for that entire first half. Um, you know, the Tom Brady interception, which is eighth on the year, and just Another, another <laughs> hang on, hang on, another hang on, one hang of those on. picks that uh, <laughs> that you absolutely love, and I, I got to tell you, I think it accounts for like four of his picks on the year by this point. It's just <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and I just started. I, I had a smile on my face when, when when they picked that ball off because I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "This is happening again." Oh man, yeah, I I just I. I can't help but smile anymore. These interceptions are so stupid. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, man. Like, seriously, back-to-back weeks now. <sighs> the tipped oh, pass off of goodness. Mike Evans' hands. And, you know, we uh, take a look at Brady's performance, look at the box score, uh, what he did tonight, 30 for 46, 307 yards, two touchdowns, that one interception. But I'll tell you, he had a great start, came out, 
went nine for nine, I think ten for ten, pretty much perfect in that first quarter. That's that's the best start he's had as a Bucks quarterback, by the way. Yeah, um, that, I that's mean, the best start he's had. He was a man on a mission throughout this game, aside from the interception. And I'll tell you, we we saw uh, the return of dual threat Brady this week too, huh? Out there breaking <laughs> ankles, dodging tackles, picking up one rush for ten yards. I'm telling you, this man. As a rusher on the ground, I think still has like the highest yards per carry average in the NFL. Uh, it, it is not funny. Tom Brady for MVP is still a solid campaign despite the uh, despite the pick tonight. Yeah, I mean, you know, would you rather have Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson as a guy who can run? That is, I don't know. It, it's a, it's up for debate, right? I mean, what was impressive about that run too is that like if he had to make the guy miss because if he, you know, he could have got tackled there and he would have been short. So he had to make the defender miss and he did. And then he gets up and he starts pumping the crowd up and stuff. Like yeah. if you couldn't get hyped to that, you're either dead or you're just like a Brady hater. So, Oh no, I was screaming in my house. I mean, I live in an apartment complex. So once a week, usually my neighbors have to put up with me being a rambunctious asshole for about three and a half hours. But uh, I was hype as hell. That was probably the highlight of the night for me was seeing Tom Brady rip something off like that. Hey, quick ad break, but uh, let me tell you about our guys over at betonline.ag, one of our main sponsors of the podcast for over a year at this point. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to the new updated desktop or a mobile website they have to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and a proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Let's take a look at the Buccaneers' offense as far as what their day looked like. Your leading receiver, Mike Evans. Huh? What a night for him. We'll talk about that here shortly. Six receptions for big number 13, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Your leading receiver for the evening. And uh, a historic night for Mike Evans. He gets the one that he's been looking for. Touchdown number 72 of his career, which passes Mike Allstott for 71 and makes Mike Evans the Greatest touchdown score in Buccaneers history as he now holds the record for franchise touchdowns. Listen, dude. I mean, I this isn't an earth-shattering take at this point, depending on who you ask. I think some of the old school guys might take it the wrong way, but in my opinion, Mike Evans is already a top five Buccaneer of all time before the end of his career. Yeah, I, I know. I saw the look on your face on that one. I'm curious to see what the live chat thinks, but I think Bra- or, I'm sorry. I think Mike Evans is already a top five Buccaneer of all time. And I think by the time his career is done, if he maintains and finishes his career in the red and pewter, maybe a couple of creamsicle games dashed in there couldn't hurt. But, you know, if he if he finishes his career as a Buccaneer and makes the Hall of Fame, I mean, before he even makes the Hall of Fame, it seems like he's a shoo-in for that already. But I think he could be the greatest Buck of all time, if not the greatest offensive Buck of all time, because a lot of people already consider him that much. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, seem You seem shocked. Well, not necessarily. I mean, I don't. I just don't think he's top five right now. Like, so who's you your know. top five still? 
I mean, I think you got to go most of the O2 team. Obviously, you can't put Brady because as much no, as I love can't. Brady, he hasn't the, any, anybody that puts Brady. Yeah, sure. But he did that in the Patriots uniform. Like, you know, like, yeah, sure. What he's done with the Bucks is spectacular. And he probably is a top 15 <laughs> I buck. I think he's top 10, truthfully. Yeah, he I might be top yeah, 10. Yeah, I think he's floating around top 10. Yeah, which is like insane because he's only had a year and a half. But, you know, um, you, you can't put him there. Um, but, man, I. I mean, you got Derek Brooks, you got Warren Sapp, obviously. Those are the two. I think you have to have the man who was just honored tonight, John Lynch, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah, he is uh, a Hall of Ron- Famer now. Rondé Barber, I think you got to have him in there. Just and then, he spent his he spent his entire career as a buck as well. And then Mike Evans. I like I like the list, man. And then Mike Evans right after those four guys. I, I don't know, man. It's it's tough. It, it it is. I he's I think he's top ten right now. I just I don't know if he's top five. I I do think if you know if if healthy and everything, obviously we can't predict injuries and stuff or any type of circumstances. But if he remains healthy, I think he could be top five. I don't know if he'll be the best ever, just because that's a, you know, like Derek Brooks spent his entire career with the Bucks, like he was the guy. But like, I mean, and Leroy Selman, I'm forgetting him too. Like the first ever. I mean, yeah, the OG. I don't know. It, it, it's tough. It, it it is tough. Yeah, I think it's going to. He's be... definitely he's definitely the greatest receiver they've ever had. Yeah, I, I think mean, the that, that, that's already established. Yeah, he is the greatest receiver in franchise history. There hasn't been anybody better. But I think when it's all said and done, and he finally hangs up the cleats, the conversation will be a lot different. And I think he'll be a top five. Hell, if not a top three buck of all time. I, I mean, when it's all said and done, which hopefully is, you know, another 10 years from now. Um, but let's take a look. I at mean, what he's the only offense... what? 20, he's only 28, right? I mean, yeah, 28, 29. It's not, like, it's not like it's not like it's not like this guy is, you know, it's not like he just got the touchdown record. And he's, he's not 32 years old. Yeah, he's not in the twilight of his career, uh, you know, which definitely gives him the benefit in the long run. He's going to be in the Bucks record books for a very long time. So let's take a look at what else this offense was able to do tonight. Not only were they able to, you know, start to get the ball rolling again, Brady was looking sharp, but he was able to get the ball to just about everybody. I mean, everybody caught the ball tonight. Rashad Perryman had a couple of receptions. Cam Braid had a couple of receptions. Here's a big one. The return of Rob Gronkowski. I was kind of curious what, uh, you know, what he would look like in this game. He was able to get back to practice this week after trying to give it a go in the Saints game, and he was just hurting. His back was not up to snuff. And uh, he goes out there and has a great night. Six receptions, 71 yards. And I'll tell you, having Gronk out there and seeing the way this offense was able to operate, especially when it comes to the short game, you know, they they really like having a guy like Gronk out there. And you could tell they were hurting without him. That's a, that's a healthy Gronkowski. Yeah. Uh, what you saw in New Orleans, I'm not sure. I think it was a complete idiotic to, to put him out there in New Orleans based on how he looked versus how he looked tonight. I don't think he's a hundred percent still. I just, I, it was a major injury. I just, I don't think he's a hundred percent, but he's good enough. And you know, it, it was, it was really nice to have him out there and he made a lot of impact plays. Like, you know, he's, I'm not, he's not a hundred percent, but I'm not saying he's like 50%. He's probably, I don't know, 85%, 90% ready right now, I think. Um, but yeah, he definitely made his presence felt and was a nice, I think I saw in the, um, in the chat, a nice kind of security blanket there, which obviously the Bucks have really lacked since week three. And um, they they really they really missed him, and, and it was nice to see. Thought he might get in the end zone tonight. Uh, didn't happen. Yeah. I knew Mike Evans was going to get in the end zone. I just I knew that. I If you guys listened to the uh, preview show, I said to go on Bet Online 
and bet on a Mike Evans touchdown catch. So if you guys did, that's free money. You're welcome. Yeah, there you go. Um, but hang your uh, hat on that one this week. I can. Um, so yeah, but it, it was nice to have Gronkowski out there and a healthy Gronkowski because you could tell that was a completely different player than the one that was in New Orleans. Oh yeah, and I think a good indication of how he was feeling to be back out there, as far as you know, how ready he was. There was one hit that he took that uh, he kind of shook off, but it was after he had taken a catch right over the middle of the field. And uh, he wasn't really left out to dry, but there was basically a corner coming downhill on him. It's almost like the, you know, the DB, when you look at the replay, he kind of didn't want to tackle Gronk. You know, I think any guy who's probably 50 pounds less than he is runs into that and is like, I don't really want to tackle this guy, but here we go. Um, but he was able to shake that one off. And, and honestly, it looked like it was going to be a pretty big hit, but he, he looks good. And uh, glad to see him back out there in a bigger role than I thought he would be. So, like you said, 85 to 90% healthy sounds sounds about accurate. Hopefully we can see him uh, end up in the end zone next week on the road against Indianapolis. Another guy who's shined tonight for the offense, wide receiver Chris Godwin. Six receptions for him, 65 yards and a touchdown. And I'll tell you, man, Chris Godwin, I, I didn't think this would become his bread and butter but uh, those screens to CG are really starting to pay off. I don't know if it's, you know, taken a little while for them to really start to get momentum. But whenever I see Chris Godwin on a screen, it usually good things happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you want to go to that well, because eventually teams are going to, you know, they're going to start jumping those and oh, yeah. that's not going to work. But well, I mean, the short um, pass is, you know, play calls like that last week or, or what left them dead in the water on offense. It felt like, but I think there was an extra layer of creativity sometimes on this offense. When it came to play calling, I thought the first drive oh, of the my game, God, they, they, they did an end around with Mike Evans, with Mike Evans, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, there were, hold on. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had eight total rushers in the game tonight. Brashad Perryman had a carry. Mike Evans had an end around, which I'm, I, I might need I've a never stat seen check. It before. I've never I seen feel it. like that's Mike Evans' first career carry, which is you know pretty historic considering the night he already had on top of it. But uh, Chris Godwin got a couple of carries. Tom Brady, we talked about the dual threat, came back this week. He picked up a first down using his legs. Like everybody got a piece of the pie tonight, and uh, they were definitely getting creative at times with this offense, which was also refreshing to see. Yeah, I mean, you know, like like you said. Um like eight different rushers. Like, what are we, the 49ers? Yeah. Like, what, what, what is this? Um, yeah, but it's honestly crazy. Uh, yeah, it, it does appear that that may be Mike Evans' first rushing yard of his career. Wow. Because in uh, pro football reference, as far as pro football reference goes, when you go to his career and it shows all of his career stats, it shows all of his receiving, and then it goes to rushing, the page is blank. So uh, that may be the first one of, of his career. So good for him. Yeah, good, man. Good on him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like you said, I mean, and they ran it They ran it twice in a row. It was the one to Godwin, and then the very next play was the one to Evans, which mm-hmm. he almost bobbled. But um, he kind of had some butterfingers in that, I will say. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, a lot of people the, weren't the, too the happy pick, with him after the pick. The, the pick, but then he also had that one catch he bobbled. He ended up catching it, but – I don't know what was up, but he, he he was you know he was good where he needed to, and you know this is how this offense should look without Antonio Brown. You know it's a different offense with Antonio Brown. We know that, and they're trying to survive. And I think a lot of guys really stepped up tonight. I mean, you saw Cameron Brate, you saw OJ Howard. OJ Howard actually caught the first pass of the game. Yeah, um, 
you saw Bray, you saw Howard, you saw Perryman, you saw Tyler Johnson, you saw Jalen Darden out there. Like there, there was everybody really getting involved. And um, you know, it's nice to see. And I mean, Leonard Fournette didn't really have any egregious. I didn't have any egregious plays. Didn't really run the ball that well, but um, you know, whatever. They're not a running team, but he caught the ball in the, out of the backfield, which is what you can ask for him from that. And, yeah, uh, six receptions yeah. for Lenny and 39 yards, so he was definitely in the mix catching the ball this week. Yeah, I mean, what? What did you say? Gronk had six catches. Mike Gronk Evans had, had six. six. Mike Evans had six. CG had six. Lenny had six. Yeah, I mean, that that's how, that's how this offense should work without Antonio Brown. Yeah. When Antonio Brown's not there, that's how this offense needs to work, and it may not be as explosive which it wasn't as explosive tonight, but it should be efficient still. And, and that's exactly what they were tonight. I wouldn't call them explosive. I would call them efficient. Yeah. And let's face it, you know, as far as the Bucks are concerned, when you ask guys like Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and their postgame presser, they're going to tell you they left points on the field. And they certainly did. I think there mm-hmm. were a couple of points where, you know, the, uh, the one turnover, I think it was the Steve McClendon interception. And, and we'll talk about the defense yeah. who really carried this game in the second half here in a minute. Um, but as far as just mistakes go and, and, you know, not leaving points on the field, you can get away with that against the Giants, which is fine. They won by 20 points tonight. A win is a win. It felt nice to not have to survive against the worst team in the NFC East this year. Um, you know, so they yeah, were, able- we, we were all on here saying it's going to be, oh, it's going to be close. And- <laughs> you know, they, uh, they were able to put them away pretty definitively in the second half, but it, it came after some mistakes, uh, which we're going to talk about here really quickly. I, d- I just want to talk about it because we kind of have to, right? When it comes to better teams, uh, you still got the Buffalo Bills on the season. You still got New Orleans again at home, which game. helps. Yeah, your next game is Indianapolis, who just absolutely brought it to Buffalo today. Um, or I'm sorry, yesterday. Uh, hopefully, Jonathan Taylor doesn't find himself in the end zone five times. Good Lord. Um, but let's talk about these mistakes. And uh, I think the reason it was as close of a game as it was in that first half. So... The end of the first half, I'll tell you the one that I think was the most egregious, and and this one is, uh, ah, ah, you know, NFL officiating at its best. Just another one of those weeks, I guess. But end of the first half, the Bucks were driving down the field on a crucial third down. Tom Brady takes some time, finds Chris Godwin over the middle, and Godwin does his thing, the Yak King on this team, takes it all the way down to the one-yard line. I thought it was a touchdown for sure, but they mark him down at the one. There's a flag on the play. It is a holding call on Tristan Wirfs, which, again, is open to interpretation. I mean, this one was you, uh, you tweeted the some the, pretty the rough. Picture. You, you you tweeted the picture of the 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 Bucks guy shooting himself in the foot with the flag. Yeah, that was before Not, I saw the slow mo replay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that that that's embarrassing for the league. Okay, that is that's egregious. Like that is terrible. Okay, I don't. I'm not even really going to hold the Bucks to that. Like, I'm not going to. Obviously, it's a mistake, right? But, like, I'm not going to. I'm not really going to hold them to it. It's just not. It, ter- it's is, terrible. It, it's it's literally terrible. It cost the Bucks six points. It's, yeah. it, well, it, it cost them three. Like, it, it cost them three because, you know, after the 10-yard penalty, it's third and 20, incomplete pass, and they're forced to punt because they're out of field goal range. So, you know, at the end of the first That's half true. when – you're trying to separate yourself by that much more. Some points there would have been great, and it's a shame that a call like that just forces them to punt and not get anything out of it. Yeah, it's just, you know, just brutal. I mean, a great play by Brady, better, you know, great play by Godwin, and it's a shame that that got wiped out because it was just, you know, I'm fine with a penalty if it's an actual penalty, but that was just, that was terrible. I mean, yeah. that 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 was awful. Um, 
but you're right. You know, you're right. They after the Steve McClendon interception, three points. Um, I believe after the the Mike Edwards interception, I, I think they got three points. Uh, been having trouble getting into the, getting into the end zone, and um, you know, like I like like I said earlier, they could have had way more than thirty. They could have gone over forty, which they've done a lot, you know, yeah. at, at home uh, th- this season. Um, but uh, you, you know, it's it's something they got to correct, and against a better team next week, <laughs> like when we keep talking about, oh, the the, the Bills or the Saints, no. It, the Colts, man, they're just – they're one of the hottest teams in football right now. I mean, they're just – they're hot. Yeah, and it's right? one of those things. I mean, you look at their record, they are what, 6-4 uh, and four at this point I, in the I, season? I, yeah, I, yeah, I believe they're 6-5, they're and five, I think. But they had a pretty rough start, all things considered. So the way that they've really been able to rally and then, you know, beat a quality opponent like Buffalo, just like you said, the way that they did with Jonathan Taylor having a day on the ground, it's one of those things where not only is it any given Sunday, you know, it doesn't really matter – what the record is when you're on the field. But now that this is a team that's starting to gain some momentum, not only are they, you know, trending on the right path, but they know they've got the Super Bowl champs this week and they're going to be looking to play their best game of the year. And the Bucks have been just brutal on the road. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's crazy. Um, Tony points out, you know, my frustration that I, I don't want to – I don't want to acknowledge this anymore. Like it, it hurts me personally to to have to acknowledge all the dumb luck interceptions that Brady has had this season. There were, um, I mean, I think Tony said it too, but there were there were quite a few that were like you know uh, just drops off a guy's hands that could have been intercepted. There were there were two or three more tipped passes tonight that you know were dangerous territory. Yeah, it just it 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 hurts. It hurts. He, I, I think in my head I counted. I just it was just in my head. I hadn't looked, but I think the numbers right. It, it's four. Um, the the Leonard Fournette screen week one, the Hail Mary week one. Yeah, uh, which was also that was also tipped. Uh, the Hail Mary was tipped. Um, then the the one versus Washington, Jalen Darden. The one versus Washington, which should be a fumble, not an interception, but whatever. And then this one. Um, yeah, I have to look at the ones in New Orleans. Uh, I'm not sure about every single one. Um, but obviously the one versus Philly and miscommunication. Uh, but, yeah, at, at least four. Uh, so he should have four picks right now on the season. And instead he has eight. So, yeah, just whatever. I'm ready to move on, though. It's a win. Just I'm trying to ignore it. And it's 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 just so annoying. Hey, well, we're, we're on to Indianapolis. Uh, so, Let's go ahead and talk about the turning point of this football game. I think we've covered everything about the offense. They really did what they needed to do. Um, you know, if there is yeah, one it, takeaway, it wasn't it wasn't perfect, but it was very workmanlike. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, you know, they, the they running knew... game the running game wasn't crazy, but you did see a little bit more of Ronald Jones this week, which was nice. He also yeah. found himself in the end zone, uh, but I think Leonard Fournette had something like ten or eleven carries, and Ronald Jones just under that. Both of those guys combined had sixty some odd yards, but. Uh, you know, it wasn't groundbreaking by any means, but it got the job done. Just like you said, very, uh, I don't know, blue-collar football-like. There were some times where it felt like they were really trying to control the clock and, and chew things up. A lot of the short game was working tonight. The screen passes every now and again. Leonard Fournette got a couple of good screen passes his way. Um, and just some creativity every now and again with the play calling was, was also nice. So the offense did its thing as far as leaving points on the field. Not going to be acceptable against better teams, but... Uh, all you can do is just get better when the time comes. So uh, we'll see what next week holds for them on the road. 
Let's talk about the second half of this football game where I believe the defense just absolutely took over and, and finished this thing. Uh, two interceptions against Daniel Jones. The first one was probably the most exciting pick of the year. Steve McClendon ends up with the football. Holy hell, how did that happen? Uh, I believe it was off of the pressure from De Devin White. Yep, yep. And uh, Devin White actually probably partially responsible for both of the picks tonight. Let's he, talk well, about was, it. Yeah. It, it. Let's let's give him his roses really quick. We talked about headed into the Washington game. A guy on this defense who needed to step up was Devin White. And uh, he had a solid game against Washington and, and carried that same pace tonight. He was absolutely wrecking shop. While it didn't show up, the sacks weren't necessarily there for this pass rush. I think Devin White was a big part of why Daniel Jones was uncomfortable. And he, without a doubt, felt pressure throughout the whole game. Yeah, he's really uh... – really like shot out of a cannon on, on, on a lot of plays tonight. And uh, yeah, he responded well to a terrible game in New Orleans with uh, two, with two really good ones, um, two really good ones in a row here. So obviously last week it wasn't really talked about much because it was a loss. So yeah, it's, it's tough to talk about, you know, especially with the way they lost with the, the 11 play drive and yeah. everything or the 19 play drive. Sorry. I tried to give him credit. Um, you know, and taking off that much time off the clock and just, you know, it's tough to give, I think, any defensive player too much credit last week. But to th this week, yeah, he played really well. Um, I, I don't even think Steve McClendon knew what was going on. Yeah. You know, I, he, he's, I, not, he's not even really in the play. Like, he, he's yeah. not in the play, yeah. and, and he just turns, and there's just a football there. Bottom line, Daniel Jones is terrible. He's just – I don't. I can't believe that the Giants are going to go into another season with this guy as their quarterback. And like for he, that, I think we are grateful because if I'm a betting man, which you know, if you are, head over to BetOnline.ag. But you know, if I'm a betting man, it seems like the Giants are going to keep this kid around, and the schedule makers love this matchup. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Buccaneers take a road trip up to New York in uh, 2022. Uh, no, they 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 can't. Um, oh no, they can't for real. Yeah, yeah, they, okay. they, they they can't. So well, thanks, um, thanks for yeah. They 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 don't, they don't play the NFC East next year, so, and and the the only way they would do it is they're gonna play the NFC East opponent of the same standing. So it'll be the Cowboys most likely. Got you. I see. I see. Okay. So yes, they for finally for after five straight years they will <laughs> not play the Giants next year, and it also looks like they will not play the Bears next year, which they've been on a streak of doing as well. So yeah. I uh. I guess it's a relief because I'll tell you, whenever they do play the Giants, there's there's such a large population of people from New York who love to come to Florida and then talk about how much they love New York and just remind everybody that that's where they're from. I, I went to Ybor City today, uh, just had to run some errands, grabbed a bite to eat out there, got a slice of pizza, which was very good. And uh, I brought my camera with me, did some you know photography stuff, walked around, took pictures, wasted time for a couple of hours. And the amount of Giants jerseys that I saw, and man, were these people obnoxious. Every time they saw one another, I mean, this guy could be across the street a block away, and it's, hey, hey, you know what I mean? Just some weird mating call that they had going on. So I'm glad that I don't have to see that filth in my state anymore. But uh, sorry if we have any New York natives in the chat. I'm not calling you in particular filth, but if you come waving those blue rags around, every now and again then yeah it's, it's kind of gross <laughs> um real quick uh just looking at the chat uh so he said uh, anybody seen Shaq Barrett lately I don't see him doubled yet not many pressures I mean he's been leading the league in pressures and tonight when he was against Nate Soldier I mean Nate Soldier had a rough night because him and Jason Pierre-Paul 
really dominated Nate Solder. I mean, it it didn't stand a chance. Shaq Barrett was mostly against him in the in the the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, and we'll get to this, but um, you didn't see as much of Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul in this game as you did in in uh, weeks past, which is another reason why I think the defense was so successful. Uh, you saw some some other players in there. So I, I Shaq Barrett, I thought played fine. Um, last week was he was invisible, which we talked about. But uh, as far as on the season, he's been he's been really good pressures wise. It's just he hasn't been able to get to the quarterback lately. But uh, last year he had trouble getting to the quarterback too and was able to turn on in the playoffs. So let's hope it's the same story this year. Yeah, man. Uh, as we look at the pass rush and and some of the other guys that were involved, it was nice to see a healthy dose of Joe Tryon out there. He got a couple of pressures as well. I think got involved in some run plays. Mm. But I'll tell he was you, all over the place. I'm, was... I was gonna say. There was a he, he, one more. Sorry, one more thing. He might have been their second best defensive player tonight. Yeah, I, I think that's great because I'll be honest with you. There was a comment made, and I don't remember which coach said it, but it went something along the lines of, "We're going to play the guys who get paid the most." Like Larry like, Foot. Yeah, the reason you're not seeing Joe Tryon is because JPP and Shaq are getting paid what they are, so they're going to get more reps. And a lot of people looked at that idea. And they're like, man, that's a terrible idea. Because I think common sense tells you that every now and again, even your highest paid edge rushers are going to need a break. And we saw that happen with Jason Pierre-Paul. He's been battling injury throughout the season. So even though he's not going to want to come off of the field, some rest is always going to do him good. And when you have a talent like Joe Tryon, the more reps that guy can get, the better. So it, it was definitely nice to see him get involved tonight. I mean, even towards the end of the game, after Blaine Gabbert was in, it almost looked like a preseason game on defense. I think Cam Gill got involved in a sack. Uh, that's something you really only see in the preseason. But it was good to see some fresh faces every now and again down there. It, it kept the pressure fresh and honestly seems like a little unpredictable just because of the different traits that each of those guys carry. Yeah, like I mean, Joe Tron Schwenka was all over the place. Um, Anthony Nelson was... got a sack too. I know it was kind of garbage time, but he was another guy who was uh, rotating it. Yeah, it just Joe, Joe Tryon was on a, another level. And uh, hopefully this means – that he'll be getting more playing time, but he was, uh, yeah, he was, he was all over the place. He chased down Saquon Barkley on one of the plays, uh, which is not easy to do. Um, it just, it, it was an impressive night for, for Joe Tryon. Uh, and I mean, he almost had a sack on Dan Jones. Uh, Jones was somehow able to stay up and just threw it incomplete, but yeah, really nice night, really encouraging night for the, for the rookie. And uh, hopefully this means more, more, uh, more snaps for him in the future. And, like, you know, when they drafted him, I talked about, and I've been talking about it for years. It's why I've always said that um, they've needed the number three edge rusher. It's to keep Shaq Barrett and Jace Pierre Paul fresh. And this is the type of game I was talking about. In the second half, like, I don't remember many times when both Shaq Barrett and JPP were on the field at the same time. Like, I don't remember yeah. many, many series when they were. Uh, and that's nice to see because, like, you didn't need them to. Like, you know, it, it's time to rest up. It's it's getting close to the playoffs. You're going to be playing in November and in December. You're going to be playing some cold weather games. Um, you know, and it's it, it's time to to start to rest up and get ready for the ones that really matter down the stretch. And um, that's why having an effective number three edge rusher is so important. Yeah, for sure. As we take a look at the rest of this defense, uh, I want to talk about that second interception. Mike Edwards stepping up, and then the return of Sean Murphy bunting early on in the game. Definitely seemed like they were targeting SMB. You know, that's which was something, expected. Yeah, that's something we talked about headed into the game. But I thought 
he definitely held his own and, and had a, a much better game than I thought he was on pace to have after that. Played a lot more quarter. than I thought he was going to. Yeah, I mean, he had that big brace on his left elbow, which is probably going to be a fixture for the rest of the season, but it was definitely good to see him back there because it felt like the secondary had an answer for things more times than not. And, uh, you know, just seeing him get back up to speed is always a good sign, too. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it was nice to see him out there. And I thought the defense as a whole, they really need this game. Um, yeah. They needed this type of game. Look, the Giants scored a touchdown. They start at the five-yard line. like, And they threw it to Andrew Thomas. <laughs> yeah, like any any defense is going to, you know, any defense is going to, is going to give that up. Like, I'm sorry. Any defense is going to give that up. So, uh, DP on third downs kill us. Do you mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I think you're referring to, I think there was one on Murphy bunting and one on Dean. There was one on Murphy bunting, one on Dean. There was another one that was, uh, I think they, uh, you know, the, the two penalties basically crossed each other out and it was a no call, but, well, um, no, I mean, there was the one where they got tangled and that's not, that's not a penalty. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Deep down the field on that when Kadarius Tony threw it. Um, But, uh, you know, the one against Murphy Bunting, Nate Solder jumped off, uh, had a false start. They didn't call it, and instead it's a pass interference. Um, Shout out to our guy, then, Mr. Bucks Nation, really quickly with the $2 super chat. Says, good stream, boys. Hashtag go Bucks. Yay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so um, bitter. <laughs> hope he's feeling better how about that yeah okay. man I, I gotta i gotta tell you a quick shout out to our guy james hill well hashtag, that's a little far hashtag uh, hashtag content out. guy so james has been mm. under the weather and like he told me he was sick a little while ago i kind of forgot about it i actually asked him today if he wanted to go to ebor with me and he's like yeah i'm at home resting and i totally forgot um but like he told me he was sick. I checked in on his live stream, and, and no offense, James, he's a trooper because he sat and he did his entire reaction stream, all three and a half hours of the football game. But dude, you sounded terrible. Sounded like crap, man. He sounded. <laughs> oh man, you need a Nyquil and to go to bed, my friend. Um, but yeah, hopefully you feel better soon. And uh, thanks for the support, man. Glad to have your super chat. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess, yeah. Sure. Um, anyways, I don't even remember. See, he just derails my train of yeah, thought. Yeah, um, he totally wrecked the show. Thanks, James. Th- thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> James is the JVP of YouTube. Yeah, he just no matter what happens, he's always going to put out stuff. Yeah, like JVP with a torn rotate, rotator cuff. Yep. James with a with a bad cold. Just, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. They're still doing their thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean – I don't know. I I don't think the defensive pass interference, you know, were really a huge issue tonight. It's it's always going to happen in the NFL. Like they're just that's what's going to happen. I just I don't know. I I don't really have a huge issue with it tonight. Um, it, it's been worse. Let me tell you that it's it's definitely been worse. But um, yeah, I thought like I said, just the entire defense, and I don't know if anybody like played spectacular, but like. They yeah, some all did could, their some, job. Some people could say Devin White. I think he showed up yeah, more than I mean, usual. Sure. I mean, but, you know, like I said, just everybody was doing their job. And yeah. that's what this defense is supposed to look like, flying around, making plays, getting turnovers. I mean, they didn't. They only had, what, I believe, two sacks, but they had more pressure than that. Right. Like and it did. was the very um, end of the game when they got those two sacks. It was. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like back-to-back plays. It was just a lost cause by that point. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I like Tony's suggestion on what James would do. That's just listen to Tony. <laughs> um, anyways, just oh, yeah, suck it up, baloney. suck it up, and listen to Tony. You'll be fine, James. Um, I'm not, I don't want to hear these pity stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, one of the uh, you know one of the things I wanted to talk about as we start to wrap things up here. Firstly, on the injury front. Uh, Got to give a quick shout out to Aaron Stinney for stepping up the yeah. way that he did at left guard. A, a tough matchup, a tough assignment. Yeah. Yeah. Leonard Williams slash Dexter Lawrence, not not easy. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, that's a you know that's a lot of linemen coming at you, and, and he was able to handle it with grace, just as he did throughout the 2020 playoff run. And uh, I think for a guy like Aaron Stinney, it's good to get those reps because we we talked about his presence maybe going up next season with yep, possibly that's what I was say, yep. with possibly Alex Kappa departing, you know, you, you kind of like to see Aaron Stinney get these reps. It, it sucks that it's at the expense of former all pro guard, Ali Marpet. But when you have a guy like Aaron Stinney stepping in, uh, it's nice to see that, you know, the level of drop off between your starting left guard and, and this guy who's stepping up to fill in is, is not that much. I think he had a solid game. Yes, but also, can Ali Marpet please be good? Yeah, oh yeah, like, for can, sure. You gotta his injury. Right. His injury status was pretty vague. I, I didn't really catch what it was. It it in yeah, it, it, it was an oblique. Um, it, the the good the bad news is that they ruled him out pretty quickly. You're um, right. Yeah, it was less than five minutes after he was gone. He's in the locker room. They ruled him out. But I I will say uh, they asked Arians. Uh, they they didn't have any uh, any update. Um, on Marpet, they said the next day or two they'll have an update. So, probably just just checking things out right now. And I don't think it's going to be serious, but I don't know if he's going to play. It's a short week now in Indy. You know, you got to remember that. So, um, you know, we, we'll have to wait and see. I think Stanny can fill in the job, but just hopefully it, it's not too serious and he can get back out there pretty quickly. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And then the other thing that I uh, you know took away from this week, which is good news for Tampa Bay. With most of the uh, NFC having a pretty rough weekend, I think it meant a lot more that the Bucks were able to go out there and win this week. Honestly, if they didn't lose to Washington last week, they probably could have done enough to snag the one seed, considering the luck of everybody else uh. around them. But regardless, they are still reaping the benefits from everybody else in the conference losing. So the Buccaneers very much still in the race for the one seed. I think only a game Dude, behind Arizona. but You're going to be looking at that. That one that loss. Washington game. Yeah. You're going to be not necessarily the Rams, not necessarily the Saints. Yeah. You're going to be looking at that Washington game. Because if they don't get the one seed, which I still, I, I don't think is likely, I don't think they're going to land a one seed. And I think they're going to be either two or three. And you're going to look at that, that Washington game. And you're going to be like, oh man, <laughs> like you're going to be like, they really screwed the pooch there. Um, so yeah, I mean it's nice, obviously, get a win, take care of business because yet again, you know they uh, they they really did. Um, they had a nice weekend again, right? Green Bay lost, New Orleans lost, Carolina lost, Atlanta lost. So all three division uh, opponents lost. So that means that you know um, their chances to win the South went up even more. Now, if you if you would have won versus Washington last week, the division could almost be all but wrapped up now. But whatever, um, you know, Green Bay is eight and three. The Bucks are seven and three. Uh, Green Bay's obviously have has played one more game. So, do you know yeah, what I mean? Is I see, by chance, I think it's this week actually. Okay, I think it's all I right. think it's this week. Um, 
I see Brady's Mahomes' daddy said that the Bucks have to win out if they want to get the one seed. I, yeah. I'm assuming you mean if they want to get the one seed. I don't know if they have to win out, but I think they can you only lose, afford to like you got to lose one. one more at most. I I, I yeah. think one. Yeah, I think you can only afford to lose one more, and you have to have some. Um, so you know, I think you have to have some some luck go your way as well. So, yeah, I, I do think. You don't have to win out, but yeah, you gotta be, you gotta win, you gotta win them most of them at least. You don't have to run the table, which is good because if you look at their schedule at the end, I think they what they play Carolina, New York, Carolina or something like they finish it out pretty easy, it's which pretty like with winnable yeah. games. But um, well, and then you look at the one seed Arizona, what they have left on their schedule. They got the Rams, Seattle, the Cowboys still. So a, a couple of you know yeah. tough games depending on what kind yeah, of situation I mean, you know, they're in. Yeah, Green Bay does play the Ravens. Um, well, the I Ravens, believe. man, I know they were without Lamar this week and they ended up winning that game. I'm pretty sure, but I thought they were yep. cooked by Andy Dalton on Sunday. So, I mean, Andy Dalton's got their number, man. Yeah. Um, real quick before we head out, I just wanted to to do this a little bit. All right. Um, so the Packers' remaining schedule. Okay, actually, they do play next week. They play the Rams next week, but that game is in Lambeau. The Packers are the other team in the NFL that is undefeated. There are two teams at home. Yeah, I mean, they're 4 0 at home. There's, there's two teams in the NFL that are undefeated at home the Bucks and the Packers. So they have the Rams, then they have their bye week. Then they play the Bears, Ravens, Browns, Vikings, Lions. So realistically, you're probably looking at the, the Rams and the Ravens as probably the only two games, I think, that they'd be in jeopardy of losing. Yeah, um, I don't see the Vikings sweeping them. The Lions suck. The Browns are off this year, um, and then the Bears suck too. So um, now I want to take one look at the Cardinals as well uh, and see what they got going on. So we don't know about Kyler Murray, but they do have the bye week this week. Mm-hmm. So this week is their bye week. Uh, but then they play the Bears, the Rams, the Lions, the Colts, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. Um, the Rams, tough game. Colts, that's looking like a tougher game than we originally thought, uh, which obviously this week for the Bucks as well. And then the Cowboys. So they got a few tough ones, but yet again, the Lions, the Bears, Seahawks, that all those teams suck. So um Yeah, it's crazy that we're uh you know, just a sidebar here, but kind of crazy we're talking about the Seahawks being one of those teams that suck. I know losing yeah, your, it's I know I mean, losing three and starting. seven. Losing your starting quarterback will do that, but yeah, I can't remember the last time I saw a team like Seattle sit at three and seven. Man, I mean, I saw some. I think it might have been Mike Florio that finally tweeted out something smart. He was like, Russell Wilson wanted to get out after twelve and four last season last year. I wonder what he's thinking now. <laughs> you know, like they went twelve and four last year. Russell yeah. Wilson was like, "Get me out." Um, so Matthew Diaz brings up, I think the prime time curse has finally become the prime time charm. Let's go, and he's saying that. Is the Buccaneers are undefeated on primetime this season. So yeah, what was what was such a, a tough thing for them last year um has now become a strength. They beat Dallas. Then, well, then what, they beat then, then they beat uh New England. Then they beat Philly. And now they just beat um New York. So now they got one more, and that's the the, the Saints on Sunday night football in Tampa, week fifteen. Well, when you bring back all 22 starters who just got done playing on the grandest stage of them all inside of their own stadium, you know, maybe that uh, 
maybe that fatigue they were feeling on primetime in 2020 wears off a little bit when you play a game that big. I don't know, man. Maybe Monday Night Football is just a walk in the park now compared to Super Bowl 55. I will say, though, it was nice to finally get a a primetime win that was, like, comfortable. Right. Um. I mean, they, they beat the Cowboys on a last-second field goal. They beat them by two. Um. They beat the Eagles, but it, it was by six, and it took until you know, the final drive. The Bucks needed to get that first down, to, you know. And then uh, New England game, Nick Folk had to miss the field goal. The Bucks won by two. So it was nice to, you know, kind of sit back and relax in the fourth quarter for finally um, yeah. on one of these primetime games. And uh, I know it's not the most electrifying thing, uh, but it was nice to do it, and hopefully they can just blow the doors off the Saints uh, in a few weeks here. 100%. So for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, back to their winning ways with a 7-3 and record next week on the road for a test against the Indianapolis Colts, team that's playing pretty hot right now. But with a good week at practice and uh, hopefully some more improvements, the Buccaneers can play their usual championship brand of football next week for Week 12. With that being said, folks, I think that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much to all of our people in the live chat over here on YouTube.com for hanging out with us. Tony Saylor, a.k.a. Tony Baloney. Peter Brady is Mahomes' daddy. Our buddy Dub, Matt Diaz, checking us out as well. Taser and anybody else that I may have missed, your support is greatly appreciated. If you have not already, subscribe to the channel. Plenty of great Buccaneers content throughout the course of the season. A lot of cool uh, hype videos, which are honestly kind of my favorite thing to make here on the channel. The podcast is fun and all, but like the hype videos get me going. They get me hype, you know. Uh, the Giants it one that we the uploaded. Going. Exactly. It's provocative. It gets the people going. The shout ju- out Kanye. Yeah, man. Yeah, big shout out Kanye, big, by big, the way. Big Bucks guy. Big Bucks big fan. Bucks we almost forget <laughs> to mention that Jesus himself was in the building, and I think that's part of the reason the Bucks felt so comfortable on primetime to, uh, tonight. You know, th- thank you, Kanye. Give him give him, and, and Byron Kennedy all the passes they want. Right, right, man. They, they get all, all the passes they want. So thank you all for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, big, nice to get a win. And yeah. uh, it was a win they, they definitely needed. Yeah, I think getting it getting it one that they needed and uh, getting it done in front of Kanye West, too, was just the cherry on top. So You couldn't lose in front of Kanye West. Uh, there's, exactly. just, there's no way. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, the Buccaneers remain undefeated at home in 7-3 and three, headed into next week's game. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan Wanish on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram, rapidly approaching 30,000 followers. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. So that's it, folks. This week's episode of the Cannon Fire podcast brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag comes to a close. We will talk to you again at the midpoint of this week for the mailbag show. So uh, if you want to get a head start, send your questions in to cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com. We will read them and then break them down, whatever it may be. If it's a question, it's a take, it does not matter. We'll break it all down on the weekly mailbag show. And then, of course, later on this week, also expect the game preview, which may or may not have a special guest helping us break down this game between the Indianapolis Colts. Should be a good one. I am your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. 
We'll talk to you guys later this week for the Mailbag Show. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.